Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. Hey, hey, welcome to the Blake Street Irregulars podcast. Ronnie Kay here with you today for the podcast, talking about the Colorado Rockies, the mediocre Colorado Rockies. It was a rough homestand for the Colorado Rockies. And at this point, now sitting under 500, going on a road trip to Philadelphia, there is a lot of questions. And I tell you what, the Rockies need a solution. I think I may have a solution in a move that they need to make. And of course, that move in the form of a trade. I'll tell you about the solution in just a little bit. But first, our friends at Tab 14, 1920 Blake Street, of course, just a hop, skip, and a jump from Coors Field. So pregame before a Colorado Rockies home game, maybe even during. Go check them out on the TV in that terrific rooftop view. Of course, you still get the sights and sounds of those Rockies. And then, of course, always postgame, the 70 Colorado uh, Distilled Spirits, which are just phenomenal at Tap 14. Go check them out on the web, tap14.com. Spell out the website for me, tap14.com. Try their burgers too. They are just absolutely phenomenal. Go check out just the fantastic grub and uh, adult beverages at Tap 14. My personal favorite. Yes. Uh, let's talk about these Colorado Rockies. Of course, a rough, rough home trip. They're now under 500. And look, I said it earlier, this is a Colorado Rocky ball club that is mediocre right now. The team skirts above 500, just barely three, four games. Then they come back down to 500, now under 500. And this is a team that is facing a lot of injuries, uh, poor pitching, bad hitting, a bullpen that is now a mess. There's a lot wrong here. Um, but I want to focus in on one glaring issue, one big flaw, and that's the lineup right now. They are just simply poor at the plate. Uh, the MLB league average in batting average, on base percentage, doubles, walks, uh, adjusted OPS, Colorado is below that line in all those statistics and many more. I don't want to bore you with all of the deep analytics. I guess really the, the main one is that Colorado has scored 42 runs less than they've allowed at this recording of the podcast, of course, in 2018. That ranks eighth worst. In the MLB, not just their uh, uh, not just the uh, the National League, the MLB. This is a Colorado lineup, of course, that we are used to seeing, uh, uh, particularly at the comfy confines of Coors Field, being able to bat around. I mean, there's the whole social media phenomenon of Coors in those games where they just they explode for all these runs, and then you lose three in a row. Uh, to the Diamondbacks, which was just brutal. Uh, you lose 3-0 to the Dodgers, a, another NL West rival. And then, of course, that one back end of the Giants at seven straight, lost at home. Colorado, they've played 30 games at home so far in the regular season. Uh, and this stat is the most mind-blowing that I think that the Rockies have faced so far. This really describes how bad they've been at home this year. Uh, of course, at home, the Rockies uh, just not good, uh, not good at all with a home record. 
of uh, 21, excuse me, uh, 11 and 19. 11 and 19. But the stat that really stands out to me, if they were on pace, they average about five runs per game at Coors Field. For their final 51 games, if they were to continue that average, they would score a total of 405 runs at home. That would be the lowest output of runs scored at Coors Field in a full 81-game schedule in franchise history. It would be considered the worst offensive year at home in Colorado Rockies history if they were to continue this pace. Look, I'm not saying that this is the worst offense in Colorado Rockies history at home or period. And I'm not saying they can't get better than that. But 30 games is not a small sample size. That is nearly half your games at home. This is a bad ball club right now at home. And we're not sure why or are we? Look, this is a team that strikes out a ton, okay? They are the fifth worst in the NL right now when it comes to striking out. And look, there is a expectation set on this team now. This is a team that no longer is, at least they don't want to be considered that way, just, oh, it's just the Rockies. Oh, you know, we'll see if what they do, but let's face it, they're, it's the Rockies, right? No, this is now a newfound expectation with this Colorado team to be in the postseason. This is a really talented team. And this is a team that is pitching. Uh, I should say they are better than their pitching and they are better than what their hitting is too. But for whatever the reason, they're in a funk. Now, of course, the situation that faces them right now is a NL West and they missed a major pro- a chance, a major chance at padding a potential division lead. They are now multiple games out of that lead. In fact, they're closer to the bottom of the NL West than the front. And it's a very competitive NOS. We get it, but it's not like the Dodgers were firing all cylinders since day one. It's not like Arizona was fully healthy and firing on all cylinders since day one. The Rockies missed a golden opportunity and potentially their only opportunity to really kind of pull away. And now Big Bad Wolf is back in town in Colorado, multiple games out of first. So... Look, this is a Colorado team that dipped a hundred plus million dollars into their bullpen. They will not, or I should say they cannot be sellers as we get closer to this deadline. But I want it. I know the deadline is about a month, month and a half from now. This is a Rockies team that needs to buy and buy right now. This is a Rockies team that absolutely needs help on the offense uh, and in the lineup. And I'm looking at a guy by the name of Jose Abreu. I know he's the guy that many have brought up. This is a badly, badly needed right-handed bat from the Chicago White Sox who will be sellers. And this should be absolutely priority number one for Colorado because Abreu's numbers essentially on the Rockies roster would make him their team hit leader, their doubles leader. He would be second on the team in RBI. He plays first base and he's a right-handed presence that can protect Arenado, which of course the MLB has kind of figured out. Don't let Nolan Arenado beat you. Let Ian Desmond and Gerardo Parra beat you. And you know what? With all due respect... Those two, those three, including Cargo, you can even throw a couple other names in there. They haven't gotten the job done. It's time for Colorado to put the big boy pants on and say, you know what? There's a price to pay. 
If you want to be serious about winning, those prices are good prospects. Uh, and look, acquiring a Jose Abreu, uh, one is going to do multiple things. Uh, it's going to do multiple things for Colorado. Obviously, I talked about bo- boosting, uh, I should say, the offense. It gets you a first baseman, and it moves Ian Desmond out of that role, a role that he should not have been in in the first place. He should not have been signed to be a first baseman. I know it's easy to say after the fact, this is something I said at the signing. It made no sense to sign a guy to a 70 million, 70 plus million dollar contract to play a position he never played. They need power production out of that first baseline, uh, out of that first base position. And Ian Desmond currently batting 195, of course, at this recording of the podcast with a war of negative one. It, it, and Abreu would move Ian Desmond out of that role. It's not an immediate fix to everything, but I tell you what, it does cement the idea that the Colorado Rockies are serious about winning and they're serious about going all in. And that brings up the elephant in the room. It's the Arenado situation. The dynamic that surrounds Nolan Arenado and the Colorado Rockies in a long-term future. And look, I know nobody wants to talk about it, but the fact of the matter is that Colorado's got to please Nolan Arenado. And I will give them credit. I will give them this credit. In my eyes, they've done everything. Everything that they possibly have or, or could have so far up to now to do that. They have gone and invested in the bullpen. They brought Carlos Gonzalez back. You can make an argument, I suppose, about maybe they should have brought Mark Reynolds back. But I will say this, you know, for all the fans who talk about, oh, well, we have this logjam at these positions. We want to see Ryan McMahon. Why can't we see Ryan McMahon more? You know, uh, why can't we see Ryan Maltapia more? Okay, that's fair, but you can't have it both ways. You can't complain about not seeing Ryan McMahon and then also wanting to bring back a guy in Mark Reynolds who would take away opportunities. Look, Colorado needed to move on from Mark Reynolds. They needed to see if Ian Desmond could play that first base position and could bring them that production that they paid $70 million for. They needed to see if Ryan McMahon could be the guy. And look, that's still in limbo. There's no yes or no definitive answer to that yet. They're still going through those motions. But they have to figure out Signing Mark Reynolds delays that again. So you can't have it both ways. I will say this. The Jonathan Lucroy, in what it seemed like there was no interest in re-signing Jonathan Lucroy. Uh, that may be incorrect. That's just my gut kind of feeling. It just seemed like it was a, hey, thanks, um, appreciate your services, but uh, we're going to move on with a cheaper option. The missing link of Jonathan Lucroy in that clubhouse is a big, big deal. It's a big deal. And look, I'm in the, I'm in the clubhouse for those home games, um, and I see it. I hear it. Uh, they miss a quality, quality presence at the catcher position. And now, you know, now you have three catchers who are all kind of average to maybe even below average. Tony Walters gives you great defense. He gives you no offense. I'm not really sure what Chris Iannetta gives you. And they just called up Tom Murphy. Now you got three catchers on the roster 
and you're just trying to figure this thing out as you go when you could have brought Lucroy back for, yes, you were going to spend money, but now you're dealing with this jumbling situation that is not only affecting the offense, but it's affecting the defense because, remember, this is the catcher position. This is a big deal in baseball. This is such an interesting dynamic between catchers and pitchers and uh, synchronicity and chemistry and uh, knowing each other without even talking to each other with just that look, that look to say, you know what? I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. You know what I'm thinking. I'm going to throw that pitch and we're going to get it out. We're going to get out of this inning. You know, that that interesting dynamic is it does just doesn't feel like it's there right now. So. And we've been talking about these arms. Uh, And the pitching is not good right now. The starting pitching has not been great. Uh, The bullpen is hurting right now. Adam Adovino being out with the oblique is certainly not helped. And Adam Adovino has been stellar this year. He has been all-star worthy. He should be an all-star. But outside of him, the bullpen has just simply been shelled. Colorado, at this time of recording, tied for the league lead in blowed saves. Um, 4.86 ERA as a team pitching, fifth worst in the league. And, and, and I know that, you know, we as media, when we talk about these kind of problems, you know, we're supposed to have all the problems or, or all the answers, I should say, you know, I'm supposed to tell you, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's, here's the issue. Here's how we're going to solve it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to lie to you. And you may not like this answer, but the, the players just need to pitch better. The players simply have to pitch better. Colorado dipped a hundred plus million dollars into this bullpen last off season. It is extremely painful to think that they actually need more bullpen help. Waving the white flag on an off season where they spent more money than anyone else in history only to get worse. These pitchers have to pitch better. And look, I, I don't look at Wade Davis and say this guy has been absolutely awful. He's blown a couple saves. It happens. It happens as a closer. But a word of caution, too. In many of his saves, he has not looked amazing either. He is not going one, two, three on 15 less pitches. There are base runners. There are walks. And it's kind of one of those things where you're playing with fire, and it's only a matter of time before you get burned. Now, of course, pitching that has been awful or pitchers that have just been not good, Brian Shaw, uh, Jake McGee has been inconsistent. And and I talked about this at the end of last offseason into uh, 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 spring training this year. We didn't expect Chris Russin to duplicate what he did last year. Chris Russin was one of the best relievers in baseball last year. So I expected him to take a step back. And this is why I'm actually not surprised. I'm not quite surprised that the Rockies bullpen is not as dynamite as everybody thought. Look, you can pay a a pitcher a ton of money, but if they're in a funk, momentum is a real pain in the rear in sports. And I will say this. I had a real problem. I want to go back to that homestand. Uh, from Colorado and Arizona where they lost the three. Of course, they got swept at home. And I think it was the 12-7 to loss. It was the Saturday game where Rockies had the lead going into, uh, and, and don't quote me on this, I think it was the eighth inning when Brian Shaw came into the game. And Brian Shaw allowed six runs. We all knew, we all knew Brian Shaw should not have been in that game at that moment. 
This is a guy who was rocked, mentally unstable as far as on the field. This is one of those situations where I think you as a manager, and look, I appreciate loyalty in sports, and I appreciate loyalty to your guys, but you also have to think about maybe just setting the guy down for a second and just saying, look, breathe, uh, get a couple sessions in on the side away from the game, and we'll reintroduce you back in a couple days. But when momentum is avalanching in such a direction, whether it be positive or forward, it is very difficult to stop. And just throwing a guy out there is not going to do it. Previous pitcher to him was Jake McGee, who only threw 12 pitches to get out of his situation. And they should have brought Jake McGee back into that game, but instead they threw. Buddy Black goes with Brian Shaw. Shaw allows the uh, obviously uh, gives up the lead, gives up more runs than that. It was a nightmare decision. Uh, and a nightmare inning for Brian Shaw. And now you are left with a guy who is completely shaken. Who is one of those guys you spent a lot of money on that you really need to turn it around. I don't anticipate the Rockies doing anything with the bullpen. You may bring in a armor to a very cheap minimum guy who... Uh, may be effective at times, but let's face it, there's going to be no focal point pieces added to this bullpen because you dipped already that money in there. They are already here. This is up to Buddy Black. This is up to Steve Foster, Darren Holmes to figure out this problem. When you've already added the pieces, the jigsaw puzzle is there. You've got all 100 pieces of the 100-piece jigsaw puzzle. you got to put it together correctly. You have to put it together correctly, and that's why you're paid to be a pitching coach, to be a bullpen coach, to be a manager who, by the way, pitching is your specialty. Got to figure it out. Got to figure it out. I know that's a difficult thing to just say and, and just do. It's easier said than done, but that's why you're here, to, to get those guys into those uh, positions where they can now start to thrive as opposed to fail. So the Rockies... They've got a lot of work to do, and they the window is closing because these other NL West teams are really starting to put it together when talking about the Diamondbacks and talking about the Dodgers and, you know, and even the, the San Francisco Giants. Dude, they're starting to get healthy as well, too. And let's make it clear, this is a team that probably needs to win the division to make the playoffs. Colorado is now five games back as of this recording from the National League wild card. Wild card leaders right now are the Brewers and Nationals. Nationals have 36 wins, Colorado at 32. And look, maybe this is a team that gets out of this funk and says, okay, we're going to... Um, go on a run here, you know, and, and all of a sudden we're talking about the Rockies in a different light. But I think when you're a team that bounces between 500 and three games over 500, a game under 500 next week, three games over 500 the week after you're a mediocre team, you're a mediocre team that needs some sort of jump start. And again, I, I address the dynamic, the elephant in the room. When you go all in to try to win, who knows? That could prove major dividends in the future when talking about a guy like Nolan Arenado and impressing him and letting him know that we are serious about this. Look, the Rockies, again, they didn't dip $100 million into their bullpen to be sellers 
at this time of the year. They have already jumped into the pool feet first. It is now time to swim. This is the challenge they took on. Now it's time to do what the big boys do this time of year. It's to buy and shoot for the moon. And look, when we talk about a guy like Jose Abreu, he is not going to draw Brendan Rodgers. He's not going to draw a Riley Pint. This is a guy that's probably going to draw around the idea of a Ryan McMahon, Rymel Tapia. This is a, a White Sox team that needs young prospects, guys who can contribute day one. Uh, Obreu's uh, situation now, arbitration one more year, then uh, free agent after that. So you get him for at least a year and a half, maybe longer. This is a move I would love to see Colorado make, and this is a move I think that Colorado would greatly benefit, not only directly, obviously, with the acquisition, but in other little entities, too. You know, So it's going to be uh, interesting to watch as the Rockies continue on. Of course, filling in for Sean Drotar this week. My name is Ronnie Court. You can find me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. You can also, uh, uh, of course, on Twitter, uh, interact. And uh, sometimes we'll uh, mention your tweets on uh, the podcast as well, the Blake Street Irregular. Of course, presented by Tap 14. Go to the website, tap14.com. Check out their menu. Uh, they've got very good burgers. Was up there in the last homestand. I had to drown my sorrows after a loss. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go to Tap 14, go up to the rooftop, check out that. And of course, we've had just gorgeous weather here in Denver. Uh, go check out the rooftop. And you may need an adult beverage, too, as these Rockies, they are struggling in uh, baseball right now. So be sure to go check out Tap 14, Tap 14 on the web, tap14.com. Spell out the word 14 for me. You can find me on Twitter, at Ronnie K Radio. And, of course, it's the Blake Street Irregulars podcast. We bring this to you at milehighsports.com. That's where you can find archives of the Blake Street Irregulars podcast, milehighsports.com. That's milehighsports.com.